If you would like to support the podcast and get some extra content while you're there, head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast and sign up. From the rewatch to the Q&A, we will have loads of content every week. So sign up, patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast. And now, here's the podcast. Graham McDonald is an idiot. Sean Sheehan of severemma.com. He even has the audacity to call himself the quote-unquote pod god. This is Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. The Severe MMA Podcast is finally here. Welcome to the Severe MMA Podcast. Here's your host, Sean Sheehan. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 311 of the Severe MMA Podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan, a.k.a. the score lord, the pod god, the legend. Joined today by the Rachel Blackmore of Irish MMA Media, Graham McDonald. As we talk about a busy, busy weekend in the world of mixed martial arts, another busy one coming up next week. So we have loads to talk about today from one of the, the greatest Irish MMA victories we've seen ever in in uh, in the, the beautiful sport of brawling, which we will get into a big UFC pay-per-view card next week as well. And some controversy throughout last week's uh, mixed martial arts foray. But before we get into that, we have to tell you about our sponsors, Manscaped. And listen up, fellas, because... Today we have a new Manscaped product alert. Manscaped just released the Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer. Take a look in the mirror and I guarantee you'll see hair sticking out of those holes. It's time to get your ear and nose hair looking as nice as your clean shaven pubes. I feel weird saying this. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement for all your below the waist grooming. I know myself and you, Graham, we got ours around Christmas time. And we've been trimming non-stop since. So we're looking clean now. And Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their weed whacker. The nose and uh, ear hair trimmer provides... A proprietary skin safe technology that helps reduce nicks, snags and tugs to those delicate holes. The premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses 9000 RPM motor powered 360 degree rotary dual blade system, which is a mouthful. Uh, it's intelligently contoured design enhances the trimming experience and it's waterproof, which makes it easy to operate and to clean. Uh, the only nose hair trimmer on the market with a powerful and rechargeable lithium ion battery that lasts for up to 90 minutes of use. Have you ever pulled those nose hairs out with your finger? That might hurt worse than nicking your balls. Manscaped is making whacking your weeds uh, a time to look forward to and to deliver maximum confidence while providing hygiene as well yes you will get a replaceable blade every three months to keep your weed whacking time clean and enjoyable look fellas 97 or 79 percent even of partners bold admitted that the long nose hair is a major turnoff it's time to upgrade your manscape routine with the weed whacker so get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code severe mma at manscaped.com thank you Manscaped for keeping our pubes trimmed and hairs in our holes looking nice. So get 20% off of free shipping with the code SEVEREMMA at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code SEVEREMMA at manscaped.com. What are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds. Right, Graham. There's no place else to start this week in an Irish MMA podcast but Peter Quigley against uh, Patricio Pit or Patricky Pitbull, even it might be Patricio Pitbull fairly soon after what happened at the weekend. Um, what a performance! Like we spoke about it last weekend, 
uh, on on the podcast, and we we knew. I think we knew that Peter Queeley would go out and try his damnedest and put on a performance. But I think both of us doubted whether he could win. I did the rewatch, and I think I picked out a few things which he did that that helped him to win. But I I think thought it was going to be a big issue. But and we we can discuss the finish and everything like that. But even before the finish, and if if the fight continued and it gone to three rounds, I think the way Peter Queeley performed, what he did in that fight against that level of opponent was something that he can be proud of and Irish MMA can be proud of and it was it was really one of those moments where someone stands up and really has a great performance were you as impressed by it as, as I was Graham on, on uh, what was it Friday night yeah I was very impressed with his performance you know uh, obviously Pitbull is uh, a top Bellator fighter he's been around he's fought you know uh, who's who in Bellator he's fought a lot of high level opponents and Queeley took like you know took some big shots took some big leg kicks in the, in the first round especially Um and you know, just kept kept to his game, kept pushing forward, and made it made it uncomfortable for for Pitbull. And Pitbull started to welt uh, under the under the pressure, I think. And you know, going for takedowns at the end of rounds, trying to steal the rounds, so to say, what people used to say. And it turned out that you know that takedown ended up uh, at the end of the round ended up being where Creeley finished the fight with those beautiful elbows that uh, people seemed to think didn't happen and he just started bleeding <laughs> yeah the, the end was weird we, we'll get to that in a second but I think we have to appreciate the performance first. I talked to a couple of people and I talked to people uh, a couple of English people actually just to get like a gauge on what they thought of the performance because sometimes okay we'll admit it like we might have a bit of a bias towards <laughs> the Irish guys and sometimes and look we're an Irish MMA podcast so we, we have to especially in our coverage um, of them maybe not our analysis of the fights and stuff and I thought everyone was impressed with it apart from like the commentary, and we know what happens with commentary. People say something on the commentary, like you fucking Gary Neville every weekend in the soccer, yeah. and people just buy it and bring it on as kind of their own opinion. But this, I think it was like the first two rounds, I think it was 1919. I thought uh, Pitbull won the first round. Those leg kicks were just very heavy, and he was landing them very well. I thought the one thing Queely, I think, did very well throughout the whole fight, throughout the two rounds was make his moments count. You know, when he got in close or when he got into an area to hurt Pitbull or to not not necessarily hurt him, but just to make it a bit nasty, he did it. Even that time where Pitbull was kind of pushing him against the cage and he slapped him in the face like 10 times in a row. That is the sort of thing you need to do when you're like the underdog coming into a fight you're not supposed to win. You know, that's the sort of thing you need to do. And that's a lot of thing that, you know, fighters don't do a lot of the time. They don't make it nasty for him. Like, they're going in there, and they're not, I'm not saying they're going in there to lose, but they're not going in there to win. But Peter Coeli absolutely fucking went in there to win. Now, I, th- I thought, like, some of the, when you fight uh, Patricky straight up, it's a very tough matchup, even when you're kind of a bigger guy like Coeli. But I thought his ability to take shots, like, he, he got himself a, a, a tough SOB afterwards, and I think that's exactly what it was. When you have that ability to take the shots, you keep coming. Patricky does get a little bit tired, and as you said, Graham, going for takedowns at the end of the round, just trying to secure him, maybe trying to get a little bit of a rest, that kind of, he was heisted upon his own petard because Queeley was, uh, hurt him and, and, you know, cut him up with those elbows at the end of the second round especially, but, um, yeah, I thought, like, uh, it was a good, uh, I, I, for Patricky, it, it was a a good performance at the start, but I thought when Queeley especially changed stances in the middle of the second round and kind of took away the leg kick a little bit, Patricky wasn't throwing his straights as much after that. And I think when Queeley cut him as well, uh, with I think it was a left hook uh, inside and cut the the right eye of Patricky, it would be. Um, 
he's kind of stopped throwing his shots as much as he was before that and then he was as you said looking for that takedown and we know we all know what happened with the takedown in the end but i thought like it was one of those performances from peter queely where he had to go through the fire you know he had to and and sometimes you know he was kind of falling over in shots a little bit and he was reaching in a little bit things you probably would say right that's not the best idea to be doing but i think he had to do just to make the fight nasty that's what i was talking to the one person specifically and they said like he just made it nasty and like peter queen is a guy who's gone over to africa he's gone over to fucking um russia he's gone into lads back doors and he's fought him and all comers and you can say what you want about him and uh, everything like that but he is a fucking gamer and he is you know he's a a tough bastard and he showed that again here uh, at the weekend before we even get to the finish but um what what did you think of that finish so let's get to what i suppose here and what did you think of the uh the commentary around it yeah well i think it was uh lovely from queely like you know he he got taken down with with, like you know time running out and he wasn't content to just you know uh hold on and you know uh secure secure the the body so that Pitbull couldn't really posture up and hit him. He was attacking and throwing elbows and trying to trying to hurt Pitbull, and he cut him open and he was bleeding a lot. And you know, uh, the corner maybe could have done a better job of trying to, to stop the bleeding straight away, but they didn't. The, the doctor came over, saw you know blood everywhere, and stopped it. Like you know, I know all these these kind of cutting cut um, finishes are always controversial. People always think, oh, you can fight on and stuff, and you know, he probably could have fought on, but. You know, there was a there was a lot of blood there. We've seen it stopped a lot of times, and if and I think if it was the other way, and Queeley had got caught with a with something like that, people wouldn't have been, you know, uh, open or the commentary and the pundits wouldn't have been so negative and uh, yeah. towards it. And obviously, if it's a it's a favorite of Bellator or like like people, I think that kind of added to the fact that the commentators and the pundits like Josh Thompson and Anderson afterwards were kind of I don't know trying to take credit away from the victory, even though you know obviously this is. It's absolutely huge victory for Peter Queeley. He's had some very good wins before and some very good fights, but this is this is this is a serious win for him. This is the biggest win of his career against yeah. a, a guy everybody knows, you know, and a, a guy who's at the top of the division. So, you know, absolutely brilliant for Queeley. Um, great to see him, you know, uh, get a chance against somebody like Pitbull and take it. You know, uh, he, he's surely in like you know in title contention now. There's not there's not many more. Uh, steps he, he has to make you know Pitbull maybe be looking for was a bit of they seem to think the Pitbull brothers seem to think there was a bit of controversy and I think Creedy went over to to uh, um, the other Patricio. Pitbull yeah, yeah sorry yeah. and, uh, and uh, they kind of had a bit of a back and forth and mm-hmm. Creedy said I didn't do anything illegal we can watch it back with you or something like that yeah. something like that and Pitbull kind of backed down then he's like oh okay well, yeah, he did. That. Like, you he know, did, like, yeah, I can't did. really argue with that like we're going to sit there and watch fair, it together fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. it was a funny moment he was real angry and then he was kind of just nodding his head being like yeah okay yeah, fair yeah, enough fair alright <laughs> it was that was fucking hilarious but uh, yeah like I thought the thing about the commentary as well the, and I, I went. If anyone listened to the Q and A over on Patreon this week, sign up patreon.com forward slash severe podcast. I spoke about. Someone asked about John McCarthy, and I see John McCarthy is one of those lads where he's a really great commentator and he's a really bad commentator at the same time. Because when you talk about judging and we talk about how like rounds went, he's absolutely fantastic. You know, he's, you know, part of writing the rules down through the years and everything like that. He's fantastic, but I. Uh, <laughs> there's a thing that happens in MMA and everyone I, I, I spoke about this as well with Kenny Florian I think he was so bad because he was trying to be Joe Rogan right and I think John McCarthy is the same thing 
in a way as he tries to be Joe Rogan. And what I mean by that is they try to tell stories. They try to say, oh, this guy is muscular, so he's going to wilt. You know, this, this guy is expected to win, he's going to win. And no matter what happens, that's the story they want to tell. And MMA is not like that. You know, M- MMA is the exact opposite of that. And we love MMA because of stories like this. You know, Peter Coelho not expected to win this fight, got in as the underdog, and you know what he did? He fucking tore up the rule book and he won the fight. That's what MMA is about. And when you try to, you know, get a get a cheat code for that, it does not work. And you end up looking stupid like they did at the weekend. I thought it was I thought it was really bad, to be honest. Like we what happened and my take on, on the uh the finish is Peter Quilly okay, Patricia Pitbull took him down or Patricky Pitbull. Oh fuck this they might they may change their names. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know, I keep even though I know them for so many years. <laughs> too, yeah. The names are so similar, I just yeah. <laughs> I mess it up every time. It's the it's the worst. There's just like one letter at the end off, but uh Patricky took him down and Queely like I don't know, was it an Irish thing or maybe a European thing with attacking like elbows uh, from the bottom like that. And you know, we talked about PFL as well a couple of weeks ago with no elbows, and this is the fucking difference between that. But um Queenly just absolutely hit him with three really solid elbows, the last of which like bludgeoned the side of his eye, and that I think that was the issue because the first one I think it, it's hard to see obviously because uh, Patrick he has hair and everything like that, but to me and I might be wrong, so the, uh, Peter Queenly caught him on, over his right eye in the middle of the fight with a with a left hook that was bleeding. Then to me I might be wrong, but he caught him on his top of his head and that was bleeding, and then he caught him on the kind of the the left temple it would be so he was bleeding out the top of his head and both sides of his head and that to me is the reason why the cut man couldn't stop the cuts he had just too much to work on he had both eyes to work on and i think the one at the top of the head or the one at the the kind of the side of the head were just leaking into um patricky's face and the thing about it is right could patricky have gone on he could have does that matter? Like, is that the rule? Is that what we're looking at? What we're looking at here is, did the bleeding get stopped between rounds? Would it have affected him? Would it affect have affected him immediately as he came out for the round? It absolutely would have. We saw it. The, the doctor came over after the cutman had him. He brushed his towel away. Uh, he brushed some of the, the blood away with his towel, and there was still a streak of blood, a stream of blood coming out even after he had brushed it away and helped him kind of to to clean away some of that blood before the round had even started and it was just streaming down into his face if you're the doctor at that point what you look at at the start of every round is are they safe to continue has the cut man done enough was he able to stop the bleeding and if he's not able to stop the bleeding uh, you know uh, and the cutman's job is to stop the bleeding for a fucking second you know basically if they get back in there and he hits one more punch and opens it up Right, the referee is not going to stop it unless it's very, very, very well, bad. The strange thing about it was they did say it was the third round after one second to finish. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think it was that the referee was like, right, we're coming out. Oh, hold on. Let's get the doctor. I need to check this blood or something like that. I know I was. Yeah, that's, that's the record. Strange. That's going to be hard to beat, though. Finish uh, quickest finish in a round. <laughs> yeah, James Gallagher did it. Didn't <laughs> impossible, he? James, impossible to beat. James, I think that actually took a couple of seconds to get from the crowd down and tap it. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> I'd have yeah. to go back and watch the video. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was, uh, it was a quick one, all right? But yeah, like I, I honestly. I don't really see the controversy, to be honest. Like, Queenie... It, it wasn't a fight as well where, like, Queenie was just getting Like, if destroyed. you're a football fan, you'd be a little disappointed yeah. that, like, you know, he didn't... You know, <laughs> the cut wasn't stopped or that he... That, like, you know, he... he it, it is it is a cosmetic injury, but there was a lot of blood, so... And even... We've seen it many times in the past, fight stopped for, for cuts yeah. like that. Patricio, so I don't see why all of a sudden it's... 
it's uh, it's up in arms. But you know, uh, mm-hmm. I, as I said earlier, I think if it was the other way around and, and Pitbull had done the exact same thing to Queeley, there wouldn't have been there wouldn't have been Absolutely. the, the rage. Maybe a lot of people had some. Uh, Accumulators that went down the drain. Yeah, there. Did. But it was funny, you know. We talked about the row with Patricio and uh, and Queenie, and it wasn't really a row, a bit of a discussion. But he his point was there were illegal elbows. Not that it shouldn't have been stopped. Not that the bleeding shouldn't have been stopped. There, he wasn't round about that at all. It we was definitely he was, weren't illegal and, elbows. Yeah, yeah. If anyone's listened to this and you're in any doubt, let me just in that doubt for you. Absolutely, one hundred percent legal. They were not illegal elbows in any way. For a twelve to six elbow has to be literally. You put your hand straight up in the air and you come straight down with the elbows. It's literally 12 in the clock to 6 in the clock with gravity. It's not 3 to 9. It's not 9 to 3. It's not fucking, what would it be? Oh, God. 10 to 5. What is it? I can't, I can't read the clock. But, you know, it's not that. It's literally, it has to be straight up and down. Even if it's fucking, oh, no, it would be 10 to 4. Be, even if it's 11 to 5, just off. It, that's not it, that's not a 12 to 6 elbow and these were like these were 9 to 3 elbows you know these are perfectly legal not even close not even the, in the realm of talking about it so if anyone says they're legal elbows they don't know the rules of the sport absolutely unequivocally 100% legal elbows um and a great win, you know, and it's a pity that we we even had to discuss that and that discussed kind of the narrative around it Big John did, though, in fairness, say that they were legal elbows, and he kind of took that part of it away. And I feel like he should have taken the other part of it away as well about it being a good stoppage, um, due like because of the, the decision the referee made. But look, however, for Peter Queeley, I think it was it, it was a great win, and he moves on as you said, Graham Patricia uh, Patricia Pitbull next. It could be for the title. It's hard to see how you don't do that fight next. It's kind of one on one between the two gyms now, and we've had that rivalry going for a while. Uh, I saw Pedro Carvalho calling out Patricky Pitbull as well last night, which would make a bit of sense, I think, as well at this stage. So uh, you know, big time and a big win for for Irish MMA. I was thinking about it like apart from Conor McGregor, you're probably looking at this with the likes of Kyle Pindred and Chris Fields and other people winning the the Cage Warriors title and Ashling Daly, obviously, to being the first uh, person in Irish MMA to win a, a world title back in the day as well. So you know, it's. Uh, it's fantastic for uh, for Peter Quillian. Fantastic for Irish MMA. You know, in a tough couple of weeks as well. You know, uh, Will Flory and Richie Smullen and Franz Malambo and others got caught. And it was good to see Franz signing for um, FEN this week uh, as well. And and uh, Taka Mandu as well from Team KF signed uh, over for UFC Africa, which we broke over in SevereMed.com. So it's you know it's it's been a, a kind of a back and forth couple of weeks for Irish MMA, I suppose. But a a very good way to to kind of cap off. Uh, uh, a great performance from from Peter Queeley and, and uh, a deserved win uh, for me. And even on the judges' scorecards, um, two judges had him even and one judge had him up 2-0. So to say if your argument is Patricky was winning the fight and was definitely going to win, well, that's not necessarily true. So... Um, Right, while we're here on this Bellator card, let's let's we might as well just finish it off before we get to the, uh, the UFC card. Um, there was a miracle that night in uh, one of the fights. <laughs> yeah, what, what was the miracle? What was it? Anthony Johnson escaped uh, a choke <laughs> attempt, even even though it had no hooks. It, it was. It <laughs> looked like he'd given up at that stage, but then he was like, "Actually, I could just stand up here and I'll yeah. be okay." <laughs> not, not be grand. Yeah, I, it was funny because when that when he gets into that position, all I could think of is like, right. <laughs> here's here we Daniel. go. Here here he's, about, he's, about, <laughs> he's about to give up here, and you know we all know what's going to happen. Yeah, at that Anthony Johnson fight. I went back and watched it, and 
I don't know maybe I, I was doing a bit of what I was accusing the lads of earlier on I'm kind of telling my own story before the fight happens but I was expecting him not to look great and watching it live I was like mm, he didn't look great but watching it back I actually think he looked okay but when your man broke his hand um, uh, Jose Augusto Anthony Johnson just kind of rumbled forwards to, to uh, I'm totally mint pun there um, I just started kind of throwing big shots and then he got obviously got hit as we as we saw and hurt and things like that and I almost got rear naked choked um, but kind of fell off more than kind of got out of it um, and then came back and got that beautiful uh, knockout in the end but I think it was a little bit of a blessing in disguise that the Yoel Romero fight didn't happen for him here the problem is he's fighting Nimcop next so you know there's not as I said on Twitter the other day there's no hiding place in this one but uh, yeah it was I was impressed yeah, by... Fair play to though, you know, he's yeah, fucking he going for him on the feet where, like, a lot of people uh, historically haven't. And uh, obviously it didn't work out in the end, but it very nearly did. You know, if he hadn't have broke his hand and, and if he had have uh, maybe just had a little bit more composure and put in his yeah. hooks, you know, I think he got a little bit overexcited maybe. Like, yeah. you know, he's an inexperienced guy compared to Rumble as well. It's a big fight and he probably watched a lot of rumble fights and thinks oh like he's given up here let me just let me just give him a reason you know what i mean yeah but if he had just been a little bit more calculated he probably would have had the finish there yeah uh, I, so i saw a lot yeah. of people saying that they reckon jose augusto will be like a bellator light heavyweight champion in years to come and like you know it's he impressed me he was very good and i think he impressed you too it wasn't for that broken hand you know he could it could have been a different fight but uh yeah, good stuff. It was a very good main card, actually. Um, I suppose before we get to the main event, MVP. The Rumble Johnson being like, oh, yeah, no, uh, I was, uh, yeah, I got rocked there, but I was grand. <laughs> and they're like, oh, no, no, look at this video. And he's like, no, no, I was grand. Yeah, it's like, big, oh, no, big John grand. fucking pissing himself laughing at Rumble John Johnson. I was loving it. Yeah. I, I was he, like, what he, the he fuck? Got, you yeah. got some serious brain injury yeah. there. <laughs> was the, it was like, I was like, what am I watching? Funny, funny, isn't it the way you don't remember? It's funny thinking back about Big John talking like that. But at the time, I was like, are you are you serious? <laughs> Especially like who you are saying that. Like, oh. I think Big John is like visibly nervous when he's trying yeah. to do the interview, and he just yeah. fucks them all up every time. He just it's just not the role for him. No, no, he try he just tries too hard like to be, you know, jo- John Anarchy, even in that one rather than Joe Rogan. I think yeah, it's and he try like I don't know, I don't know. I I people hate Big John. I, I, I actually don't mind him too much because everyone knows I'm the fucking judging nerd so I'll take that over everything else but I, I honestly I, you know we, we've talked a lot about Kenny Florian and DC in the past and how, like how bad they are and the criticism they've had I don't think I've ever seen anyone get as much criticism as Big John people fucking hate him with a passion but uh yeah anyway um MVP came back here and, you know, what did what MVP did. I think, look, we need to get give MVP a little bit more credit for this one. Derek Anderson is a good fighter and this is a good win. So it's not just, you know, another can who he's, he's fighting in this one. But still, like, MVP is a different still level. The, the high-level opponent people have been yeah. uh, clamoring for for years, though. You know, we've had that one to Lima and hopefully, you know, the sounds are we might get it again. Yeah, Lima's, Lima's fighting... Um, Amasov though isn't he and uh, like, yeah, but, but MVP was kind of saying like line me up against one more and then stick me in there against Lima he seemed to be saying and that's the problem the with MVP but, though like he's one more it's probably someone who's fucking five and he three wants, like, he wanted somebody he, who did he he listed uh, your boy oh, yeah. uh, Jackson. Jason Jackson yeah that'd be a good fight that'd no? be a very good fight I hope that like that to me 
That, that one and in Lima, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But I don't know, would Bellator do that? Like, I, I, we blame MVP a lot for this. And I, I think it's fucking just Bellator as much as M- MVP. Like, the UFC wouldn't make these fights where they're just giving a lad fucking bumps to fight all the time, you know? They just... I just don't think they wouldn't. Or I don't think they would. And it's... Super <laughs> fight league. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, look, it was brilliant. That head kick and the broken nose were just unbelievable. And Oh, fucking was... hell. Yeah, I think Anderson was expecting some kind of, like, question mark or yeah. back hook kick or something. <laughs> yeah. He just leant right into it. Oh, my God. And his nose, fuck's sake. He just... Tried it. it was... I'm glad you said the hook kick there because it was one of those where usually... Yeah, it would be like a question mark kick or it would be like maybe a kick to the leg or a kick to the body that he's expecting to go there and then it comes high. But it's a dexterity in his yeah, hips and his kicks. I thought he was going to throw literally the other side of his head. Like <laughs> I genuinely thought he was throwing a hook kick. Yeah, and that's what Anderson be, thought. Anderson thought, I'm safe here. No. Yeah, no well, and then he dipped his head right into it. Like, oh, God, it was fucking it was nasty. And you could see almost immediately his nose crumbling. And I thought it was a good stoppage between rounds as well. He nose sold it pretty well, though. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> <he didn't, laughs> he like the guy started rubbing a towel against his nose in the corner and he didn't be like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, right, we'll run through some more of these uh, uh, results here and then we'll get to the main event. Um, and the undercard, Eric Perez got a good win and lining him up maybe with a, a fight with Brian uh, Moore again here. Uh, Joe, Johnny Soto, Johnny Campbell got wins there and Johnny Elbin as well. Three Johnnies in a row. Patchy Mix won. Wasn't that impressive? I thought like there was, there was um, a head and arm choke at one stage that was on for about two minutes. And he kept just like, I know Jiu-Jitsu expert now or anything here, but he kept getting like really high on it. And you could see, like, the neck of uh, Albert Morales was, like, free. And if, like, he just space, moved yeah. down onto it. You could just see it was, like he was grand. And it felt like Patchy Mix was just moving the wrong way. And then he kind of passed a little bit, got a little bit of space from the cage, and then moved downwards into the position where he could have moved for, like, a minute before that. But, however, he got the he got the win anyway. And it was a good bounce back after his, his loss. But James Gallagher spoke about it afterwards. Obviously, James Gallagher was supposed to fight him here and... You know, he said he didn't look great, and I would tend to agree. But, you know, that often happens. We saw it with Francis Ngano against Derek Lewis. He didn't look great after his title loss. That, these can ha- this can't happen. We can see him, you know, in his next fight. It might be a, a little bit better. Um, Lorenz Larkin, Rafael Carvalho. Uh, a split decision win for Lorenz Larkin there. Just, like, sometimes Lorenz Larkin has great fights, and sometimes Lorenz Larkin has split decisions. And <laughs> this was this was one of those. Uh, Rafi and Stotts against Josh Hill. Not a great fight either. It was okay. Rafi and Stotts won the uh, unanimous decision obviously then with MVP Queeley and uh, Johnson before we got to Sergio Pettis uh, in the main event I thought it was a great performance from Sergio just kind of picked off Arculeta throughout the fight landed the better more powerful shots um, I think Arculeta did Arculeta give him down once I think maybe but yeah Pettis was just just a level above just too powerful too quick too good all around Um wins the title you know it's, it's kind of good to see coming out you know a lot of people saying coming out of the shadow of his brother i think he's a yeah. far superior fighter to his brother and i know a lot of people and i said that on twitter and a lot of people were kind of in denial of that um i just like if you talk about an all around okay from what for what he's achieved and everything like that no absolutely not but if you're talking about you know fighter a versus fighter b and their qualities sergio is far and away i think a better fighter than anthony but uh, what do you think of the performance and, and of sergio in, in general yeah, I think it was interesting before the fight and the, the promo, he was saying that kind of for years he was looking up to Anthony so much and saw, seeing what he achieves in the UFC and trying to emulate him, trying to be like him, even though he's he's a different fighter. And w- once he's got away from that, he seems to, and he seems to be, you know, a good point, more yeah. comfortable with himself. And 
yeah, like I still think you know he has a bit of a way to go, and he's, he's still developing. But uh, he is still developing. You know, he hasn't stagnated. He's 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 definitely more well-rounded than Pettis, more than sorry than um, his name is Pettis too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the other Pettis, <laughs> Tony P. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I think like you know for for his time, obviously Pettis was a, a higher level guy, um, but you know yeah, things move on. You know. Um, I don't. I don't think it's you know. I don't think it's much of a um a stretch to say. Yeah, I don't like think it, it's much. I, I saw a few yeah. people saying like the game has moved on past Anthony. See if you, you can agree or disagree, but I don't think you can say, "Oh, that's ridiculous." Yeah, I, like I think I think Anthony just kind of failed to move on more than anything else. I, I don't think he like Anthony is the type of fighter who won a UFC title and was a very good fighter for years, but I think like hugely underachieved in his career, which is a weird thing to say, I suppose. He, yeah, when, when 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 there's a slightly like when there's a big enough hole in your takedown defense and the blueprint yeah. there, kind of proven time and time again, people are just going to go back to that. Coaches are going to look at those fights and implement a similar mm-hmm. game plan, and you're kind of you kind of screwed if you, can't, if you can't fix that hole in your game. It's it's always going to be exploited. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, right. Let's just uh, before we go to the UFC, let's just quickly touch on this PFL card at the weekend. Not the the best card, uh, in the world. Um, Kamar Usman's brother lost at at heavyweight. Uh, Larissa Pacheco looked really good. She he lost to Brandon Sales. Larissa Pacheco looked very good and got a ground and pound stoppage quickly in the uh, in the first round. Caitlin Young as well coming back here after a while out got a got a win over your girl Cindy Dandois. Um, Kayla Harrison as well just came out and bludgeoned Marina Morais with a big takedown and lots of uh, lots of ground and pound to get a good win. You know we'll, we I suppose we'll. Speak about her in, in further detail uh, as uh, the weeks go on and maybe she gets a couple of, of bigger fights, but she looks like she's going to just walk that again uh, in, in that uh, uh, PFL 155-pound tournament. Uh, and then in the main event, Fabrice uh, Vardoum against Hinan Fehea, which was one of yeah. the oddest fights I've seen in a long time. So I, I'll tell you how I saw it first, Graham. You can tell me if you disagree or not. So um, Vardoum had Fahea in kind of you know one of those armbar uh, armbar armbar um uh, triangles right. and Fahea hit him with he, it wasn't even necessarily a brazilian tap i thought he tapped twice and it was fairly clear but Verdum did so the referee didn't stop it and Verdum kept fighting he pulled down the head and as he did, Fehea kind of, I don't know, it wasn't that he woke up, it was just that he kind of kept fighting himself because he realised Verdun was still fighting and hit him with five serious blows. I think it was with left hands and hurt Verdun. All of this happened in the space of about maybe four to five seconds. Verdun then let go of the submission and Fehea just like pounced on him and finished him with ground and bound and ended up winning by uh, by TKO, ground and bound midway through the first round. So, uh, to me... There was definitely a tap. I think Verdum won. I think if the referee had seen it, um, it would have been given. Now, people criticise the referee for being on the wrong side. Now, I don't necessarily think he was on the wrong side. I just think it was unfortunate the way he was moving at the time was just happened to be where the fighter wasn't tapping. But uh, I, I wouldn't criticise him too much. I think it was Keith Peterson. Uh, but he did miss it. And I thought uh, Fahea was pretty much the... You know the concise winner here, uh, or um, Verdum was the concise winner, and they went on and kept going. To me, it should be overturned. I think it was pretty clear that the tap was there, um, but I don't know if it will be. What, what did you think? And what was your take on yeah, the whole uh, thing? Yeah, it'll be overturned because no matter how much evidence you have and how obvious it is, uh, it's extremely hard to uh, yeah. get things overturned, even if it's a 
insane decision, which we've seen over the years. We've seen some, but this this is just you know very unfortunate for Doom. Nothing nothing matters after the top like that's people can say oh he well he he held on for another second and pulled the yeah. down. It doesn't fucking matter. Mm-hmm. You know he's he, he the guy tapped. That's it. That's he gave up and the ref missed it and he should have seen it. But as you said, it wasn't this. It wasn't that it was like the most obvious top ever from the the place he was, and he wasn't in a particularly bad position. It's just he he should have seen the top, and it should have been a victory for Verdum. But mm-hmm. you know, it nearly definitely won't be overturned, and everybody will just uh, continue have to on with on. their lives. probably don't even bother going to all the effort of, of yeah. appealing it just because you're wasting your fucking time and they're going to frustrate you even more with, by just not listening to clear evidence yeah <laughs> that's a sad situation we have in MMA isn't it yeah but I don't know it's oh no matter how obvious it is some guy can like pull your eye out of your head and they'll be like nah I can't see anything yeah. there is this the type of one though where like you know in soccer if it, it, like if a referee misses a penalty and it's not given okay we v- forget about VR for a second but like you know, it's like, all right, look, the referee made a decision. It's human error. Let's just move on. You can't go back and re-ref the match. I wonder, is that, that a case here? And if the, if it was, I would I could actually kind of buy that a little bit. I was like, look, we all make mistakes. You didn't see it. And that was that. Uh, I don't know. It's, I think it's a bit of an odd one, but... Yeah. People shouldn't be annoyed uh, for Doom for fighting on for a second. No, absolutely be, not. Be, like, the guy tapped and then started, like, pummeling. Mm-hmm. We're doing once you let go of the triangle. So yeah, yeah. when I when I said what happened there, I literally was just saying what happened rather than what I think. I, I agree with you one hundred percent. The second the tap came, the fight should have been stopped by the referee. Like <laughs> as we see, we've seen it with this exactly. This is the reason why you don't stop fighting. You know, you don't stop fighting because uh, the referee didn't see you. Keep fighting until the referee yeah, sees it. They only held on to that for too long. It's like well, the ref didn't stop the fight. He's not going to let go and risk yeah. not getting the finish. Yeah. Um. And I, I suppose, you know, we, we can move on to the UFC. And the first UFC fight was kind of one of the reasons, I suppose, why you don't stop. Um, Carlton Harris against Christian Aguilera won by Anaconda Choke. And to me, he choked him out twice. Like, and it was Mark Goddard ref it. So Mark Goddard, obviously, to me, up there with uh, Jason Herzog is the best referee in the world. So he knows better than me. But to me, I, th- I thought Harris kind of choked him out. It was, it was like borderline. I think he would like went, walk back up a little bit. And then went out again, and then Mark Goddard stopped it. But with chokes like that, it's I think it's different. Like if that was a fucking armbar or something like that, and uh, you know you need to stop that. If someone's arm is getting fucking snapped, you need to stop it. But when it's a choke, I know people maybe sometimes if you're not familiar with MMA, and everyone here is, and everyone I suppose people know a lot better than me training jujitsu and everything like that. You know, if you get choked for a second too long, you're grand. Like you know, <laughs> you're going to get back up. It's not fun, I'm sure. And people getting choked out isn't fun, but it's not going to affect you short term or long term medium term you're going to be fine we're going to get a clear concise winner of the fight and let's just move on and i like i don't think many people are criticizing mark goddard here um he gave it an extra second tried to see the fact that your man was kind of still moving he had to give another extra second and then he was definitely out and he stopped it nothing wrong with that you know i thought it was i thought it was uh, i thought it was fine it was a little you could argue it was a little bit late but i think you're better Better safe than sorry, I suppose. As uh, well, that's probably the opposite of what this is. But you know, it's it was grand, fine. Yeah, the, um, I think the fighter on the receiving end would prefer the ref to, to wait that second to make sure rather than call it a submission when he's not out. You yeah, know what I mean? Definitely. I think every fighter would would prefer that. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
then on the undercard there, John Young Park uh, got the unanimous decision. There was a, or a majority decision, even. Majority. Yeah. A draw there, 30-25 on a draw. Uh, it was weird. I think... I actually what think... Does the, what does the Dermot Gallagher of... I didn't see it. I, didn't, <laughs> I, was, I was watching... I, I don't necessarily think it was a 30-25. Look, look, the 30-25, if you want to look at breakdown of 30-25, right? So it was, there was a point taken, so it's 30-26. I think it was the third round that was a borderline 10-8. Um, so let's, let's say they didn't give that 10-8. So that would have been 30-27. Um, without the point taken, and the twenty twenty eight twenty eight without the point taken is twenty nine twenty eight. So you're only going from thirty twenty seven to twenty nine twenty eight. It's not that much of a move, like you know. Um, it, the, the first two rounds are very close. It, it looks bigger because there's like a five point difference in one and a two and a zero point difference in the other. But I don't know. I I maybe have been very on judges union there. What I just. <laughs> just said and win full dc count on the numbers there but it was like it wasn't as bad as people are making out one judge gave two rounds to one lad the other judge gave two rounds to the other lad and then there was the point taken uh in the middle of it as well so look i think the right guy won i think park was the was the better fighter i think he uh he uh he deserved to get it and look one judge gave a 29 26 as well which is uh you know, which he gave the ten eight as well in there. So when it, look, when there's a borderline ten eight, when there's a point taken, um, it, you know, it can move from a nine nine to a ten eight, and then move from a ten eight to a uh, a ten nine. So it's uh, it, there's going to be a lot of a, kind of a big variation of scores there, especially if they disagree on two rounds. But however, uh, I think the right guy won. Um, this might Trisana Ludovic Klein. I think people are giving out about this as well, but I, yeah. I, I genuinely kind of wasn't watching it. The, the problem uh, here we with, go. No, here we go. the problem with these fights is who, and but who gives a shit about these fights? Genuinely, like, and not to be bad or anything, but like, who gives Mike Trisano? Klein, uh, Klein uh, yeah, is uh, Tim and their fucking seven friends care, but like, who eight thousand, eight thousand to the sixteen thousand, ten thousand to the twenty thousand? That is bad. But I, I think people thought Trisano won. I don't. I'm like this start of fight. I didn't really watch it live. I know he won the third Never round. Watch but it back. He, but, uh, yeah, he won the third round, but he he lost the fight. He lost the first two rounds. It was a good. Who who lost the first two rounds? Trisano. Trisano lost the first two rounds. Oh, really? Yeah, and then he won the third. And somehow, that? I trust yeah. three judges, Graham, over you. Now, in fairness, I was. <laughs> <laughs> well, they all had they all had different. All had uh, Klein round one, uh, Adelaide Bird gave him in the twenty nine twenty eight, and mm-hmm. uh, Cleary gave him just a second, and uh, you know when, when that uh, happens, Matthew though, gave him, uh, gave him, gave him, uh, yeah. gave Susanna all three. When that does happen, though, it's it's a close fight. You know, when the judges are split like that, it's it's all. Yeah, well, it wasn't a close fight. it wasn't like this glaringly obvious thing that like you didn't even have to pay attention to know the yeah. one, but it was, it was it was if you watched it, I thought it was clear enough. I was I was, ah, I was very the only, the only thing that. Anything that really watch my pin tweet, Graham. Again, I think you need a the romance. <laughs> anyway, um, I thought Phil Hawes fought very well. This is one of those ones when I was doing my fight picks during the week, and also as well while we're here, head on over to fightpicks.com, download the app, go to the iOS or the Play Store, and get the fight picks app. Big fight coming up next week. We'll be we'll be breaking that down in a few seconds here. UFC two six two. Get your picks in for that. Go to leagues. Join the Severe MMA league. They actually uh, kind of did up the app there. I think during the week or last week. 
and it looks way better now even it looks fantastic a lot of things change some great stats there as well to help even if you're doing uh if you're putting bets on it's really really helpful so um download that five picks app go to fivepicks.com you click the click the uh, link there it'll take you to your play store or ios and uh download the app and j- join in and uh we will okay, uh, already uh, have it downloaded. You might have to go to update to get the new um oh, yeah. update it in your store to get the new uh, features or the mm. new design. Yeah, it's great. It's really good. But to me, uh, my point in that Phil Hawes, I was doing my five picture in the week, and I was like, <sighs> I feel like Neil Magny is a t- similar type of fighter to me. Is like. If this guy shows up and he does what I think he can do in very different ways with the two of him, I think he'll win. But like, I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent confident every time he will show up and do that. There's lots of fighters like that, I suppose, in the UFC. But Phil Hawes, very good performance against uh, Kyle Dawkins. This was another one where everyone, you know, they were saying the fight, oh, he's going to wilt, he's going to get tired, and he just didn't. You know, he won thirty twenty six and two cards. Uh, 29, 27, and uh, another one, so he did 10-8 in there, so I've, that was a very good performance, and Phil, Phil Hawes is kind of finally coming of age, it was what, probably four or five years ago, everyone thought he was going to come true, and he was on the Ultimate Fighter, and, and uh, Dana White Contender Series, and everything like that, so it's been a, a long road for Phil Hawes, and uh, it's it's good to see him finally uh, finally coming good, and you, I suppose you could say the same for Gregory Gillespie, who got the win over Carlos Diego Fejea, he had a tough first round. He, the problem with Gillespie, he takes yeah. so many shots. He, he reminded me a little bit of... And when you uh, take all those shots, I think it's like mm-hmm. people say, oh, it's cardio, it's cardio. But I think taking all those shots is, mm-hmm. is slowing you down, you know. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, when he comes up against... I know this is like, you know, a good guy and stuff. And stuff but when he comes up against better guys, like... I don't know. He's gonna have to. He's gonna have to adapt his game or close some some of these holes in his game. But yeah. he, he definitely has a lot of potential. But the, you can see the 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 holes being exposed. Yeah, you could, like you can definitely imagine him against someone like even like um, even like a Charles Oliveira now, who may, maybe not the best striker now, but he throws big hard strikes. Like someone like that is going to be an issue for him. He's. Uh, I talked a lot about Dominic Reyes last week. He reminds me a little bit of Dominic Reyes, where it's not that he's getting knocked out by those shots, but he's getting like rocked a little bit and moved a little bit, especially in the you judges. Think he's too happy zone. to take the shots. You think it's yeah. like. Yeah, if he if he actually just like kind of went in there with a bit of a more careful game plan, it's more it's not the technique, it's more the the attitude in there. Uh, yeah, I I think maybe, but I don't know as well as this. Uh, they speak a lot on broadcast these days, and it's a, and a thing that I wouldn't know much about. And I suppose it we have to listen to the coaches. But about sparring and the lack of sparring, people not sparring as much these days. To me, someone like a Gregor Gillespie you wouldn't have seen a few years ago as much, you know, where, like, to me, he doesn't look battle-hardened in kind of um, a striking realm, like, in in wrestling and obviously like that, I think he was an NCAA champion, DC was talking about it last night, but as a striker, he doesn't look like someone who has taken a licking and sparring and having to come back and, you know, maybe getting knocked down and hurting in the first, you know, half an hour of sparring and then, or on the first uh, five minutes of sparring and then going for half an hour or whatever it might be. I, I, maybe I'm totally wrong. Maybe I'm completely off and I don't know. It's just pure speculation. But I don't know. To me, it kind of looks like that. Um, and I think that's the thing maybe we will see more of in the future. And it's, I don't know whether it's a, a good or bad thing, to be honest, because, you know, to, to be a top fighter, you have to know how to fucking fight and you have to be, able to come through those wars uh, and if you're not having a few of those wars in the gym it's it's my it's probably tougher to do it now should you be having those wars in the gym and you're not getting paid for it probably you know, probably not either but there's 
there's a happy medium probably in there that you need to find and um yeah i think gillespie against a higher level of competition that will be an issue but with his wrestling uh if he can use that even better in fights i think that could all be nullified and uh you know as we, we saw it there it was, it was a great comeback he did very very well and um you know he got a very very good finish in the end i think he kind of broke gillespie in he just kept taking those shots and he broke him now as we as we mentioned not maybe not the best thing in the world to be taking all those shots to break him uh but he he did that anyway, and uh, very good. It looked like he probably lost the first round 10-8. His opponent missed weight. It was the, the scrambles in this fight were just unbelievable. The, you know, the takedown stop. Kamora was no good. Broken. I, I think it was this fight as well. Andrew McGahan tweeted out about it, saying that um, uh, Fahey kind of had the Kimura, and his his um, uh, corner kept roaring him, get up, get up, get up. I was like, well you know let him at it like he's a very good jiu-jitsu artist here your man is a big wrestler why would you not let him go for this submission and then you know he kind of gets mounted and back mounted and the shit beat out of him i was like yeah it's probably not the best advice in the world but however um the heavyweight fight absolutely terrible no we're not gonna talk about it uh neil magny against jeff neil um very good performance again from from neil magny jeff neil you know he went in he threw his power shots Missed most of them, and that was that, really. You know, and me and Magni kind of picked him off with jabs. Um, a little bit like Billy Joe Saunders, Canelo. There, there was no robbery here, though. That was the only difference, and uh, <laughs> he, he didn't get stopped. But uh, Nobody quit. No. Ah, <laughs> well, he broke his, his orbital. I remember one time I, uh, I said Kel Brook. Uh, I didn't even say Kel Brook quit. I put up a picture of him and Diego Sanchez. Like and it was more for Diego than anything else. And the amount of people giving out of it. I think Neil Zeri was fucking roaring at me. He's like, oh, you're only a fucking pussy sitting at home. He's like, which was fair enough, but still, like, there's no question about it. Yeah, MMA fighters, he didn't wear MMA fighters are like a hundred times tougher than boxers. Not even a fucking question about it. Not even a question. They really are, but however, um, they're, they're a sensitive bunch. These uh, these fighters. And they are, boxers. aren't they? Jesus, for lads who go out and punch their heads off each other, they're very sensitive. But sure, look, I suppose when you freaks like me talking shit about you, as well. actually, I have I have a real YouTube hater there. I saw it yesterday. He's always giving out about me talking about scoring and everything. He's like, you've never done it. You don't understand these positions. And I'm like, well, fair enough. Like you know, fair enough. I haven't. No, you're dead, dead right. So. You know, Mikey one two eight seven on YouTube. You're on standby for a uh, for a major promotion, though, now. <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah, I was. I've I've been in that fucking. Uh, I, I you also had the, you had the seal of approval to uh, yeah, to, to uh, go ahead. Yeah, I also uh, offered to fight Rogue Rogue last week, so you know, may, maybe it might happen. Um, right, let's get through this uh, card. It was a fucking like it was nine fights. So it wasn't too bad, but when it's a six fight main card, it's like is this ever going to end? And we were waiting for the boxing as well. Um, so yeah, Alex Morona, we? we kind of were. Alex Morona uh, knocked out Cowboy ten to one on Paddy Power. Power up, the easiest money I've won in a while. Yeah, I mean, think. You were just like, I just yeah. messaged him like, am I gone insane here, or what's going on with these odds? I didn't realize it until you texted me that because I was sure that Morona would be a big favorite here. Like Cowboy, we we can forget about Cowboy. Like Cowboy is done, done and dusted. He couldn't throw a punch. He looked awful. Like. This is the, you know, we talk about the shadow of BJ Penn and, and stuff like that and the ghost of, of, you know, fighters like that. This is the ghost of Cowboy Cerrone. And like, Cowboy was never the best fighter in the world, but he was always a good top 10, arguably top 5 fighter for a long, long period. But he's not that anymore. Like, Alex Morono is a good fighter, a good tough guy. But he's he's a, he's a he's a good he's a good quick starter and Cerrone's mm -hmm. a notoriously terrible starter. But I think it's more than that. Like, you know. Yeah, oh, way more, yeah. 
you know, we've seen it against Roney, against like high level guys, um, take him out in the first round, and you know, a lot of a lot of that is down to just the the, the opponent going for him, knowing that he's a slow starter, and um, this just looked. I think Cerrone himself, you know, he's talking, a lot goes on inside his head and he was talking about being told to retire and stuff. I think for somebody like Cerrone, that's that's going to affect his his psyche more than most fighters. Yeah. And I think, like, you know, once that's in his head, maybe, you know, might be, he's never going to retire. Like, you know, he's never going to retire. He's going to have to be carted out of there. Like, you know, he's this guy who'll fight on a day's notice and time and time again. Like, you know, he's, if, 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 uh, Cerrone like needs to go to Bellator, I think, because if, he like he needs a new lease of life to get this retirement talk out of his head. I think you know he needs like a fucking ten fight contract or something like that. I think that's what Cerrone needs. Because yeah, uh, well, I think the UFC would give him a, would give him a long contract. I think Dana White would obviously be uh, very appreciative of the amount of times he's uh, stepped in on uh, all sorts of short notice to 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 fight to to save cards and stuff like that, but. <laughs> Yeah, like you, Cerrone's uh, gonna have to like look down the down the division to to kind of build himself back up. Yeah. Um, it's very tough to match him now. Like, it's, yeah, it's very tough. Yeah, so I I don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah, it's obviously it's uh it, 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 it's it, always gonna be a, a name, uh, somebody somebody that people know and like to see fight and and all that stuff. But you know, at, at some stage. <laughs> At some stage, you're gonna run out of uh, out of options with him, you know. Yeah, it's, it's I don't know what you do with Cerrone, you know, because he, he has been, you know, Dana White is like not a loyal guy, but I think Cerrone has been so such a good company man that that Dana will kind of keep him around a little bit longer than than others. And, and I don't think there's like this is like an atrocity or anything, you know. You need to you need to cut Cerrone or retire him or anything, but I just think. You know his his best days are behind him, and uh, in an ideal world, he'd have maybe you know a couple more nice matchups for a decent paycheck and be on his way. But as I said at the start of this, like Cerrone's the kind of guy that like he'll never he, stop. He'll never retire. Like he he's out there on camps doing all these things to get adrenaline. You know he's doing all these mad fucking bull riding. Fucking I don't know what he's doing. You never know what he'd be doing. He's he's putting himself in danger to get a buzz his whole life. You know, he yeah. was a bull rider before. He was an MMA fighter. This is just in his DNA, as Dana would say. He's a yeah. he's a risk taker. He's a he's a daredevil, nearly. Like you know what I mean. He's he's going to be need to need to be tied down and made to retire. And you know, maybe his grandmother could do that, but if she doesn't do it, then. I don't think anybody yeah. else. He needs to like become a professional windsurfer or something like that. <laughs> you know, do something like something where he can be full time, do something else, and concentrate on that. That's not going to make him fucking take blows to the head like this. Because this was. You think he'd be a good commentator, a good pundit? We haven't really seen him given the chance. If I've, if I've, um, mm. my memory is correct. I don't know. Yeah, yeah maybe, maybe, but I like. Yeah, I don't he's a bit know. of a joke personality, yeah. but he's, but he's not like you know trying to make people laugh like. I mean, this isn't like start of the podcast. I think he could like. I think yeah. the problem with Cerrone is he says a lot of stupid shit, and we saw a lot of it this week. But he, yeah, he get himself in trouble. Yeah, yeah there yeah. is a certain demographic for that. <laughs> like, who I'm sure. But well, if he's retired, American, he can't really cancel him. You know, if he has his own podcast and he's retired, yeah. like, like us, we can't be cancelled. <laughs> you know, you could be like, 
fucking Cerrone fucking get a co-host and BMF Ranch and all that shit. You can just fucking do it there. I'm available, Donald. I'm available. <laughs> yeah. Slide <laughs> yeah. yeah. into my DMs. Yeah, do it. Uh, but yeah, look, uh, and for Moreno, it was, good, it was a good win. He came out immediately and as you said, Graham, like, uh, a fast start is what you need against Cerrone and that's, that's what he had and he just like boxed the head off him and they, they were kind of saying in the commentary he's throwing everything into his shots well he fucking should be throwing everything into his shots you know he's fighting Donald Cerrone go out and fucking put it on him um, and he landed that big overhand right and, and was able to uh, get the finish over Cerrone and both of us had the 10 to 1 back so we, <laughs> we were happy enough about it to be honest but oh, whatever it was a great performance from uh, from Morono and you know sad what, what uh, Cerrone did but look it happens in MMA. It's it's people have a life cycle in MMA, and it always happens. And look, we can just hope Cerrone gets out before it's too late. But we all know yeah, he won't. He, what is we he? 50, 50, 50 odd fights into his career, yeah. and he'd gone he'd gone like fifty without being finished. And then Gaethje finished him, Connor finished him, and now mm-hmm. you know yeah, yeah, he's had up and he's had up and downs. He's had streaks both ways before, but he'd never really been consistently finished like this. Yeah. You know. And, He'd already taken a lot of damage and a lot of wear and tear on his body and even outside of fighting with bull riding and mad shit he's been doing. And now, you know, if it was a really mentally strong, sorry, mentally strong fighter, maybe they could overcome this, like get a street together. But for some reason, I think with Cerrone, it's just going to, it's just going to add to his, to his mental anguish that he has. It seems to have uh, Uh, openly talks about up to the fight it, it just doesn't bode well I think but you never know like guys can guys can make comebacks but mm, yeah. I'd like to see him take a, take a step down for the next yeah. few fights at the very least I to think, evaluate uh, where he is I, you know you were saying Dana will, will be you know nice to him and give him a contract I think he might give him one or two more but you know I think he will get rid of him like everyone else because he's earning a lot of money and if he's looking this bad I don't think Dana will see much value in he him he can make names off him though Dana will like you know yeah, he, he can talk all the oh, we don't want don't want to make a penny off this kind of stuff but he does like you know he does yeah he does but look we'll see how it plays out I suppose <laughs> to steal it from Dana um, in the main event Marina Rodriguez versus Michelle Watterson um Look, Marina Rodriguez, I think, just dominated this fight. Apart from the fourth round, yeah. uh, Watson, like you know, fairness to her, she's she's very she tough. Game, very tough. Yeah, she keeps very fighting. Tough. Like it was one stage in one of the early rounds where it looked like she's going to be finished, and the ref was was shouting, "You need to do something." And she, they might not have been the best punches, but she threw she, she threw back, and yeah. she's always game. And you know, she even took a round there, you know, where where um she was she was basically outclassed in the whole fight, but she still managed to to tough it out and. Um, she, I think she pretty clearly lost four to one, but um, it's a good performance from uh from Marina. But uh, yeah, I think Michelle Waterson, you know, she showed that maybe her skills aren't really there, but but she can she can hang she can hang with uh with with with, with somebody like Marina. But you know, for all these kind of older women fighters like. Michelle Waters been Michelle Waterson's been around for so long. What was that fight chicks? It was called that program. Yeah. Yeah, out in Sweet, Puerto Rico or somewhere. Yeah, there. Jesus, that, that must have been like how long ago was that? Long Fucking time. more than ten years ago. Like, yeah, and like these have been around for a long time, and the game's just you know being tough and and having a, having like basic skills and being tough just isn't good enough anymore with these up and coming. Yeah. Uh, well-rounded uh, fighters. You in fact, know, she's it, so it, small as well. Like this was that flyweight. She's like this yeah. was twenty pounds over her weight. Like she should be a one off five. It was, 
Yeah, it was... And, you know, I thought throughout the whole fight, well, not just the four rounds, she kept landing that right hand all the time on Rodriguez. I was like, you know, she's having a chance here. Look, Rodriguez just... I think they compared her to Anna and Jacek, and it was... Look, it's a good comparison. She was landing her combinations over and over. She kind of has that stiff shoulder, you know, right-hand attack where it's just kind of pummeling you at all times, and she looked very, very good. She's kind of more unorthodox, I think, than most people, and she's kind of a fun style uh, as well. So, I'm look, I'm looking forward to seeing her fighting some of the best and she's going to be obviously back down to 115 it was because this was short notice and even last weekend we weren't even able to preview it much because we didn't know it was going to be the the main event for them to go five rounds like i said it, it, it was weird it was one of those fights it was like um it was like a tie fight or something because the first few rounds were like oh they weren't doing much and obviously we nearly got the finish there as you spoke about a second ago. but then like the fourth and fifth round it kind of came alive a little bit especially the fifth round was a very good round i i, I think one judge gave um, Waters in the fifth round, if I'm not mistaken, there is a 48-47 in there. I don't see that, to be honest. I, 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 uh, I think it was a 49-46, but however, it was it looked the right person won anyway, and it was two of the judges got it completely right for me. I might, uh, I might be off myself, but um, yeah. So uh, uh, a night of uh, some bad judging scorecards, you would, would, you would have to say uh, as, a, would, as a representative would, of the I union. Would, I wouldn't say that at all. No, I think it was. I don't think there was any bad scorecards to be honest. To be honest here, apart from the fucking boxing, ooh, boxing ooh, horrible. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. That, that bo- did you see those boxing scorecards someone had fucking I Billy didn't see Joel. the scorecards but I saw Twitter just uh, oh, yeah, giving every round to Canelo but uh, you know scandalous. I was kind of I was watching it I was watching it but I don't really know the rules of scoring and boxing the way maybe yeah. other people do who follow the sport properly I just like throw on the odd bout when I've nothing else to do or it's, it's on right after a an MMA event or whatever, so I'm definitely not an expert or anything, but to me it looked like the tide had kind of turned up until the round that it was finished in mm-hmm. towards uh, Saunders, and you know, fair play to Canelo, he, he like he did, you know, close his eye and all that, but uh, I was a bit disappointed that uh, Saunders didn't fucking yeah. fight on, to yeah. be honest, like. Uh, I don't know. It was a tough one when you do break your eye and shatter it like that. But it was—I I thought it was a very, very close fight. Like uh, Canelo was landing those punches to the stomach, and he was like, "And we, we will get to UFC two six two here in a second, so uh, don't worry." But uh, he was landing those those punches to the stomach early in the fight. But like, it was one of those fights where our bouts even where like I thought Billy Joe was was winning all of it apart from like those couple of big shots that Canelo was landing and he didn't do that in every round and the fact that like he got I think it was 6-2 on one judge's card that's unfathomable to me like there was three rounds in the middle out there where Billy Joe was just like jabbing him up and running around him and not getting touched I don't know it was bizarre I think the first three or four were Canelo I think the first was very close but I think he kind of won a few but then there was like a little kind of momentum shift where Saunders kind of looked more comfortable and kind of was fighting a little bit with his hand or boxing a little bit with his hands down Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously it's a risky strategy but it seemed to be where he was more comfortable but uh, you know Canelo did land some big shots and, and you know he did break the orbital bone and he did uh, he did win the fight uh, or the bout sorry and um, mm-hmm. you know fair play to him or whatever he, over, he overcame a tricky tricky opponent yeah, but I did think that like uh, it was strange the, the, the whatever maybe it's just my Twitter timeline but people seem to be dismissing any round that wasn't scored for Canelo uh, even even in you know the rounds where okay you could make an argument that Canelo's bodywork was better than whatever you could you could make an argument but to, to completely dismiss I thought was a bit strange but yeah, as yeah. I said I'm not 
boxing scoring expert by any means. It does seem to happen in boxing. I think MMA scoring is a lot more certain than boxing scoring as well because they, you know, they always say, "Wow, what, what this is this ain't MMA." Sometimes, but it kind of comes over from boxing. It's like, what do you like? It's like, well, what do you like? I like fucking punches, you know. <laughs> and I, I, I was given Canelo a couple of those rounds where he was landing those heavy punches even though Billy Joe was probably landing more you know jabs and stuff like that I think he deserved to win those rounds but there wasn't many of those rounds but however look it didn't matter in the end he got well, the, like, yeah, the, the impact the biggest impactful strikes came from from Sal Alvarez yeah. but uh, you know um, I don't think it's quite as uh, tilted that way yeah as MMA 100%, 100% yeah that's it that was kind of exactly my point yeah but however look it was a good bout anyway it's not often we see these big boxing bouts that turn into like a good even matchup and we get a finish like that but it was yeah it was a little bit disappointing in the I just it wasn't disappointing that the you know the way it in there I thought it was just disappointing that we were kind of robbed of a very close fight and then the judges scorecards come out afterwards and we're like what the fuck was that about I don't know seems to happen in boxing all the time but I don't know. Doesn't matter. Uh, this is MMA podcast. It was a strange thing, but even even on Twitter, on the commentary, on everything, they were kind of like, "Oh well, this is a Saunders ring," but I, the judges are probably giving it to Canelo. I was like, "What's going on here?" Yeah, most people don't know shit about boxing. I think is probably the thing about it. But anyway, um, but the, but even the, the the people talk about the judges. You know, they mm-hmm. they were saying, "Oh well, like it's close round." It probably, uh, I think, a couple of the commentators or the pundits were brought up, and they had scorecards that were either very close or a couple of rounds to Canelo or a round or two to Saunders. Mm-hmm. But they, even though they were kind of qualifying it with, yeah, I saw that round for that round, but the judges would probably see it for Canelo. So yeah. I thought it was strange. Yeah, it was strange, but sure, fuck them. Boxing have their own problems. We have enough of our own problems. We'll, we'll stick to it. Uh, right, UFC 262. Um, the Diaz versus Edwards fight has been moved off of this. So it is a good card now, and it was a great card, I suppose, until a week ago. But um, on the undercard, there's some names like Kevin Aguilar against Tucker uh, Lutz. Gina Mazzani's on this card. Uh, Mike Grundy for the uh, English MMA fanatics against uh, your boy Lando Venata. It'd be interesting to see that fight. I think that should be fun. Uh, Antonina Shashinko versus Andrea Lee. That could be a very good fight. Antonina had a great performance in her last bout, so it'll be interesting to see how she gets on there. Big fan of Matt Schnell. He's oh, he's up in bantamweight now against uh, Rodrigo Bantarin. That's a pity. I liked him at flyweight. I mean, I'm not I'm not sure what the crack that is. Maybe it's just because it's short notice or something. But um, ooh, Matt Schnell, can't you smell that Schnell? <laughs> <laughs> Have to get it in again. Yeah, you can every time. Uh, Jacare <laughs> is also on this card against Andre Muniz. Apparently, Andre Muniz has won like six in a row. So. That could be a bit of, a bit of crack. I was fun to see Jacare. My boy Edson Barboza against Shane Burgos. That fucking sounds like a fun fight. That sounds like a fight of the night in the making there. Uh, Caitlin Chukagan against Viviane Rujo. Not a bad fight. Hermanson versus Shabazian. It'll be interesting to see Shabazian back. Hermanson's always tough if he can kind of... Uh, Pull the fear out of Shabazian uh, like he has in the past. Um, I think uh, I think we probably fancy Hermanson in that one. But Shabazian, you know, everyone thought he was going to be a champion until he kind of got dismantled recently. So it'd be very, very interesting to see what way he will look and see if he can bounce back. And then we have the two huge fights at lightweight. Tony Ferguson against Team Sheehan's Benil Dariush and Charles Dubronx Oliveira against Iron Michael Chandler uh, for the in, is it in, no it's the full UFC lightweight title now if I'm not mistaken which is a bit odd but um, how would you see these two lightweight fights going Graham they're two fucking fun fights aren't they yeah I, th- I think uh, I think Dariush will beat Ferguson but I'm uh, this Oliveira Chandler I'm going back and forth forth on it like Somebody with Oliveira's skills, I, 
you know, his abilities MMA-wise and stuff, I'd pick him a lot more comfortably than... I'll, like, I know Oliver's been on a great streak and he hasn't shown it recently, but I'll always have that in the back of my head that, yeah. like, when the going gets tough, even a little bit, he, he can just, you know, give up, you know? And bizarre things, he, like, remember the Holloway fight where he got kind of punched in the yeah, shoulder yeah. and like, gave up? It was mm-hmm. just like, what the fuck? So that always makes me a little bit wary. And Mike Chandler, like, he's a very good fighter. He's, he's, he's experienced in title fights, very experienced in title fights compared to Oliveira. It's a tough one. um, I'm going back and forth. Like I'm leaning towards Oliveira, but I'll always have that uh, that that little doubt in my mind that if if Chandler can just make it make it dirty, make it hard for him, that he might wilt. Uh, Yeah, look, I always have that doubt in my mind, but I think that doubt is kind of further in the back of my mind now than it would have been maybe four or five fights ago. I just think he looks very good. Yeah, Yeah. it was the first thing you think about four or five fights ago. You you always make the point, having, like, been at these big title fights, uh, like, being in a title fight is something that might bring it back out, you know, the stresses of fight week, the media, the bright lights being the main event, you know, having the belt on the line. That's something that could bring those mental frailties back out. No, I, I think he's got past him. And it's, I do think it's a thing you can get past as well, you know, as we've seen with him. But I I, I would favour Oliveira a lot here, to be honest. But you saw Mike, Mike Chandler coming in and he fought a, a longer, kind of bigger guy against Dan Hooker and he did a good job of getting inside and hooking. And as you said, he's used to these big fights in, in Bellator and he, it's, you know, a lot about one fight in the UFC, maybe you'd think he wouldn't have the experience in big sellout crowds, but he has, you know, he's fought in front of 10, 15,000 people multiple times in the main event with a title on the line for Bellator. I know it's slightly different than Bellator, but, you know, you still have that added pressure, especially when you are the Bellator guy. You know, he's only lost the Bellator champions as well so Oliveira would be the first <laughs> to beat him who wasn't so it's a, it's a very very fun interesting fight I think Oliveira might be a little bit too long for him and if Chandler comes inside he will need to make him pay because if Chandler goes in there and tries to take Oliveira down you're getting into a whole different world in because you do not want to be taking Charles Oliveira to the ground his jiu-jitsu is unbelievable and he scrambles and he's good from the you know he's back and he's good from his side and he's good from your fucking back especially as well so if you're michael chandler you're probably wanting to avoid that well, area you know if you can put him on his back and kind of be half in half out and land shots you know where he can kind of step away and try and add um, danger though isn't it yeah even kick the kick the legs hard just make it dirty and uncomfortable yeah. and store for Oliveira and just mm. see if he's if he cracks or not you know yeah, that's true. I well, oh yeah, that that's actually true. Even take him down, stand back up, and put him on his back, turn him out a little bit. Yeah, that's that wouldn't be a bad tactic. I don't think. But yeah, it, it, it's a uh, to me, it's a tough fight to see a method of victory for Michael Chandler in it, just because of how good Oliveira's boxing has become, and because how of how good his ground game is as well. But you know, let's say Chandler is able to get him down and he's able to like spin around on top and not get himself into any you know submission trouble. I think that will be a game changer. Maybe if you can get into half guard and can control on top maybe that will be the thing that forces Oliveira to maybe not wilt but to, to lose this fight and I think that probably look I, I think Chandler can come inside and land a big shot he's powerful hands as well and he is a good smaller fighter um, and that, that will be the one benefit for him against Oliveira but I think Oliveira is a good long fighter he, look, he boxed Tony Ferguson up he, he's wrestling against Tony Ferguson, looked fantastic, and you know, we know what his jiu-jitsu looks like as well, so uh, I would 
you know, majorly favour Charles Oliveira here, but we'll have the betting show as well on Patreon on Friday, so we'll, we'll talk more about it then, I suppose. I'll have watched more stuff and I'll have done the rewatch by then as well, so I might have a better idea. Yeah. But, and your um, boy Darius, like, uh, I think, you know, I've always been kind of not never that high on uh, Tony Ferguson and, you know, I think he's a bit shop-worn now. He's very hittable. Um, I think his jiu-jitsu is, it's more like, crazy and and yeah. risky than than anything and you might get away with that against guys who aren't very good but as you go up the levels i think that uh, i don't think I, I don't see him getting a submission here uh, at all um i see uh, i i, I, I think Darius Darius, submitting him. yeah i could see that if anything i could see Darius submitting him i think this is a, a difficult fight for ferguson um you know he's had a lot of shots to the head over the years he's had injuries that he didn't really take seriously like bad injuries that he came back too quick from and he's he's um he's a bit of a wild man in that sense and and people like that but for your career longevity not really taking a, a knee surgery or a knee injury that seriously and coming back I, it's just a it's just a terrible decision yeah. um and i think yeah i think he i think he's a bit shop worn was never that good and i think um Maybe a few years ago, it would have been a really close fight with Darius, but I see Darius winning this uh, comfortably enough if he comes out and looks like he has recently. Yeah, look, I don't know. I, I, I know everyone knows I'm a big Darius fan, but it depends. Like, if Tony Ferguson can bounce back yet, I know he had a few excuses after his last fight, and if they were legitimate and he's back to his best here, like Darius still doesn't have the best chin in the world. If Tony Ferguson can put on a big pace early, maybe not take as many shots from Darius like if this turns into a war of attrition like Darius has been winning them late, lately and he has big power in his hands as well but Tony Ferguson but still what, has what's really Ferguson's chin. chin like after his recent yeah. uh, recent fights he took a lot of damage um, yeah like it, it's weird because Tony Ferguson isn't far removed from the you know and is his chin that good? Like, you know, he's getting knocked down repeatedly by, like, people like Vanata and not really a knockout artist unless he's landing some kind of fancy kick or something. Yeah. You know, has he come up against a really big hitter and, and shown that he can take the shots without, you know, getting finished? I don't think he has. Yeah. Like, I, I would fin- fancy Darius as well. I think it is... Like, usually when we see someone falling off a cliff, they don't fucking sail back up, you know? And... I think Tony Ferguson has been falling off a cliff lately and it's very unlikely he comes back up. Um, and Darius has been on an upward trajectory. He's been getting better. His chin isn't as much of an issue as it once was and I think he's found a very good style. But like that style leads this to be a very good fight as well, I think. And it'll it'll be interesting. I, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit hesitant to say that I think Darius will definitely win. I think he'll blow him away, but I do I do think he'll win. It's just logic and having watched their last few fights, it I think Darius is the pick here, but I don't know. It's it's tough with Tony Ferguson. You know, I kinda of feel sorry for him a little bit as well. He never got that title shot. He never got into that big spot, which he you know, I, I know he was uh, overrated and everything like that and he wasn't as good as people made out, but he earned it like he he won fucking ten fights in a row or whatever it was. Well he did get title shots and he and he pulled out with injuries, you well, know. Yeah, some you guys know I mean? get title shots, get injured and take them anyway, you know. Sometimes that's what you gotta do. You gotta seize that chance and you know, maybe Maybe their injuries were, were so bad that, that he couldn't fight. You were but... just giving out to him a minute ago for coming back from injuries too quick. And now you're giving out to him for not taking fights through injuries. So fucking make up your mind. 
No, well, I'm saying like when you get a toilet <laughs> shot, you know, when you, I know it, what you mean, it's, yeah. a, it's a different situation. Like these don't come along all the time. And for Ferguson, it didn't come back around, you know, and yeah. like Bisbing was like fucking injured and on a fucking set and fucking who knows where filming a movie, got a late call and he went, you know, and he's achieved uh, what people and even he told Ariel Hawani he, he, uh, in an interview that he thought he would never achieve. He'd kind of mm-hmm. accepted that he wasn't going to get there. And he, sometimes you just got to fucking take that chance and maybe Ferguson's injury was worse than um, it was some kind of like there was some, one of them I think was uh, there was like blood in his lungs or something like that yeah you know what I mean what a lot of fighters fell I over think, well, yeah a lot of fighters would have hidden that injury and fought and you know um, surprised Tony didn't maybe it, the fact that Tony didn't is shows that they maybe were worse than he let on maybe he's one of these yeah. guys that are like ah it's grand it's just blood in the lungs and it's actually something worse yeah cool. so like Ferguson's a bit of a a hard man to you know believe anything he says he says some some things that you, don't make sense but um yeah i think yeah i think he overachieved for a long time and now he's kind of on his on the downturn of his career and yeah Darius isn't exactly you know isn't exactly a, a upper echelon guy for for years like maybe for ferguson you know um a few years ago, maybe Ferguson, you know, would have would have beaten Darius. Like Darius was in a different place where he was a bit chinny, and uh, Ferguson was in a different place where he had a lot of momentum. And he, um, I just think, mm, I, I, maybe I'm underestimating Ferguson. Like uh, maybe maybe I am, but I just think he's he's shop worn, and I think he was. It's, it sounds harsh, but he was never as good as. He was hyped up to be like I'm not saying he wasn't a good fighter. He's a very, very good fighter. But the way, like you know, the influence of a Rogan, Joe Rogan, and Eddie Bravo hyping you up all the time over the years on a huge podcast, I think inflated people's uh, views of his abilities and even of like you know his achievements. Who he's beaten? Has he really beaten the best? Don't think so. No, that unfortunate. Actually, just looking up my um. I have a list of like my inspirational quotes on Twitter, and they have deleted the account where I got my inspirational quotes from. So I'm, I'm fucked. I I I have one now because we were talking about one there, but we'll uh, we'll leave it at that anyway. Look, I'm looking forward to next week. It was a pretty busy week in the world of MMA, and um, we'll have lots of stuff on Patreon as well this week. So if you want to sign up, Patreon. I'd like to apologise to Noam McGrath for uh, for. Yeah. yeah um, doesn't he still owe you 50 euro for that <laughs> he does yeah the, I wonder what the interest rate how long ago was that <laughs> it must be 100 now like Jesus he yeah, yeah, fuck's sake sure. yeah. these things happen at Norma McGrath 4 on, yeah. on uh, Twitter <laughs> uh, while you're there as well follow Graham at Severe Me, me at Sean Sheehan Ba and uh, the podcast account as well at Severe Me Pod uh, and on uh, Instagram as well posting stuff now all the time on Instagram um, at Severe Me Podcast over on Instagram so uh, follow along there we're not almost at a thousand i think so uh, i don't really understand how instagram works but i'm putting up loads of stuff and i think it's pretty good so follow along over there uh, if you do one thing today and subscribe as well to the podcast it's free um so yeah all right everyone thanks very much for listening we appreciate you all um and i will leave you with the inspirational quote of the week conceive believe achieve we'll see you next tuesday or probably sunday <laughs>